You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome into this week's edition of Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream. Super stoked to be joined by uh, one third of the Outside the Trenches crew. We are we're going a man down. We're down a man for this uh, special week of of Outside the Trenches. Big B is joining me for this week's edition. How you doing, Brian? I am doing all right, man. Doing well. I th- I mean, this is like Christmas morning as a kid for me. I, <laughs> football is is here. It's here. I can't wait. And not wait. It is so close. We made it through uh, roster cutdowns. Now? So that means 53-man rosters are set for now, right? There's still going to be some movement going around with those 53-man rosters. Uh, but the initial 53-man rosters are set. Uh, very exciting. And, and there's some surprise cuts. There's also some things that, you know, we've hit on a, pa- a couple other episodes that we got to follow up on because there's been some developments uh, on on uh, some situations like Chris Jones, yep. uh, you talk about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, it seems like running backs as a whole because I think there's a little bit of movement even on uh, when it comes to Kareem Hunt. I saw earlier today getting some interest on Wednesday uh, and and some teams being available because the the running back market is so wildly interesting. But uh, general thoughts, Bigby, before we really get into uh, what we want to talk about today. On roster cutdown day, kind of everything that went down, did, was there anything that that took you by surprise when we talk about uh, roster cuts? You know, a couple of teams. Uh, I'll start with, obviously, my favorite team, the Steelers. Uh, yeah. We kept two punters. We kept oh. two punters. Now, a- as of right this second, they, they cut the second punter. But I'm like, why two punters? And the other guy's not hurt. Uh, and Harvin, who's our, our main, he clearly won the battle. Like, yeah. why are we keeping two punters? And, and it was almost like, hey, we're keeping two guys because we're there. We're looking for, and I guess it's smart GMing. You're looking for who else is getting cut, and then we can bring in somebody, um, you know, from there. And then this is an easy guy to cut because we know we're not keeping two two punters. So. Uh, that was something that surprised me. Also in New England, man. I mean, they cut all their quarterbacks but one. I just couldn't believe it. It just didn't make any sense. Still doesn't make any sense. I don't care if they signed Zappy back to, uh, you know, being on the practice squad. I'm like, right. you don't even have a backup sign? I just I, I don't understand that. It's weird. Yeah, that, that one didn't really make a whole lot of sense because even on, like, game day, you only have so many game day call-ups from yes. uh, the practice squad. So I don't know if they're trying to like be in the market for another veteran backup quarterback that hasn't really uh, wanted to commit elsewhere. That was a weird one. I think kind of everyone was like a head-scratcher. I think another weird one, if I remember correctly, I think the Colts have more tight ends than wide receivers. They do. The roster. They do. Um, but does that shock you at all about the Colts and what Absolutely we've not. learned? No. Right. We're, I mean, we're going to bash the Colts all year long, it seems like. Because they're going to continue to make these idiotic moves, and I, I just—I mean, I've never even heard of a team having more tight ends than wide receivers. I just unbelievable. It is—it is quite an impressive feat. Everything that uh, the Colts keep doing. Listen, one of my best friends is a Colts fan, so I feel for him. I, I do every now and again like to see the Colts do well, 
But it just seems like Jim Irsay is going to Jim Irsay, man. And as, as long as that guy is going to be calling the shots, he's like the Costco brand Jerry Jones at this point. Yeah, he's, he's the he's the Walmart version of Jerry Jones uh, because he's trying to control everything, but he can't. I think if he got out of the way and let Chris Ballard do more things there, I think that they would actually. I think Chris Ballard could put together a pretty good football team if he didn't have Jim Mercer to try to convince every move and run every move by. Absolutely. Look, I'm from Indiana. So a lot of my friends from back home are Colts fans, and they can't stand the guy. They're just like, yeah. he is in the way, li- literally in the way uh, of them becoming a good football team again. And it's just every time you turn around, he's talking to the press, and it's just it's a nightmare. I feel bad for him. I'm the same way that you are, my man. I just it, I feel bad for, for all those Colts fans. So I even yeah. know a friend of mine that's a scout with them. And I don't ever really talk to him about, you know, football stuff because I think I have a, an idea on how he feels, but he can't say that stuff. <laughs> so it's just, it's incredible. Just incredible. Five tight ends for the Indianapolis Colts. Four wide receivers is how that uh, roster shakes out. Uh, some interesting stuff around the AFC uh, going on with that. So let's stick with the Colts in, in Big B. One of the things that when I, when I shot you a message this morning trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about that you brought up is, you know, there have been some developments on some situations around the league that we've been talking about. Let's first start with Jonathan Taylor and that and that situation. His, I, I guess you could call it a holdout. That's it's a it's a very interesting situation because he he is hurt. Like he is right. He is not healthy, so he's not participating. He's there now, uh, but. The Colts don't find a trade candidate. They don't find a, I, I think they called it a, a viable or a, or a valuable trade offer. I can't remember what the vernacular was specifically. Um, first, I guess, a kind of a two pronged question for you, Big B. Were you surprised that they couldn't find uh, a viable trade partner? And does it shock you that uh, he didn't come to a deal? Um, first, no, I am not surprised they didn't come or they didn't find a trade that they were looking for. I think we talked about it a little last week. They were trying to get a first round pick, which was never going to happen. And then they were trying to get, well, a cumulative of picks that equaled first round value. And that was never going to happen. So no, not surprised at all. And then I I don't know. As far as a deal, I'm just trying to figure out what the Colts plan is, because if you don't want him there, then you should trade him. I mean, if somebody offered you a third, which I'm sure somebody offered them a third-round pick, they should just take it and rebuild and just start over. I go, but if you do want him there, then give him some sort of a deal. Now, maybe Jonathan Taylor is way out of bounds, looking for $14, $15, $16 million a year, which, hey, man, look, the market is what it is. You're not getting that. And maybe that's what he was asking for. But if it was anywhere around what Jacobs took, you know, or Saquon Barkley, if it was something like that, then Jonathan Taylor's out of pocket for not doing that. Now, again, I don't know that the Colts even offered him that. Maybe they right. didn't. But if they did, then he's out of pocket because you, you're only as valuable as what somebody's willing to pay you. I don't care what That's you true. believe. It's just like your house. You can think your house is Taj Mahal and it's worth $10 trillion. <laughs> But if somebody's only worth willing to give you a dollar for it, that's actually what it's worth. So the bottom line is I'm not surprised that they didn't get a deal done. I think both sides are kind of dug in. Uh, 
Jonathan Taylor. I just hope that he's not going to, I know I've said this a lot and I'll say it again, cut his nose off to spite his face by missing out on money that you'll never make back. Don't do that, man. If you want to play football, just play football. Because there's, believe it or not, there's a lot of guys out there that play football for five, six, seven years that don't make $20 million. They, I mean, but they do play those cumulative number of years. So everybody can't be, it can't get filthy rich, man. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I think this might be a common theme throughout this podcast when we start to talk about um, these holdout situations, especially when we talk about Chris Jones as well. And, and I think even with the Jonathan Taylor thing, I think both sides are right when you yeah. talk about this to some degree. I think I think the team's 100% right for not wanting to pay Jonathan Taylor, who hasn't really been healthy all that much. I think the team's saying, like, hey, you should be healthy before we pay you what we want to pay you. We want to pay you. You're our offense, essentially. We would like to pay you, but we don't want this to be a sunken cost. At this Correct. And, and I think that, like, the team is very right in that. And Jonathan Taylor is very right in saying, hey, I am your offense. When I am on the field, I... I'm the most productive player that you guys have had in, in years since Andrew Luck. Um, so I think that he is right in saying that. I think both sides are right. And I think that kind of is what makes these situations so frustrating a lot of the times yeah. is both of the sides have leverage and both of the sides are right. Um, and we can talk about that in terms of the Chris Jones thing too. But with, with Jonathan Taylor specifically, I think I saw a report that the mystery team and like trying to get uh, Jonathan Taylor was the Packers. Yeah. Um, I thought that one was kind of interesting with, you know, running backs room that they have uh, to try to get Jonathan Taylor in there with AJ Dillon. Uh, Aaron Jones is going high in fantasy drafts. Uh, It's that was an interesting report that I saw out there, but uh, I don't know. I don't feel like the Colts would trade him to an AFC team. I know the Colts aren't really worried about doing like making the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, But, but still the rivalries are still there, even though the chiefs made a trade with the Raiders. I thought that was kind of crazy. They made a, they made a, uh, a deal with the Raiders uh, to for a, a guy that they were going to cut, they gave him I think six or seventh round pick. I think it was a sixth round pick to the Raiders for Neil Farrell Jr. Uh, to just kind of try to fill a role. But yeah, I think that's what's frustrating when you start to look at this. And we talk about the running back market all the time and, and what Jonathan Taylor would be worth, what the running back salary is. Christian McCaffrey has that top spot right now. I was looking at spot track, uh, sixteen million a year. Kamara's at fifteen. Derrick Henry's at twelve. Nick Chubb is at twelve point two. Aaron Jones is at is at twelve. So Derrick Henry's at twelve five. So I don't think that if you know, say Jonathan Taylor's asking for like twelve six. That's probably what the what the what the team wants him to take as a twelve six. I don't think that would be too outlandish in terms of AAV. Um, but I don't know money wise where you would feel comfortable Big B with signing Jonathan Taylor to. Uh, I would assume it would be a pretty substantial years deal, at least four-year deal, I would assume, uh, just because of his, his age. But I don't know what, what number you would feel comfortable at. Well, the one thing about it is, and you mentioned it earlier, Tucker, he got hurt. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, he got a hurt a year too early because I think this deal does get done had he not gotten hurt and missed so much time. Mm-hmm. Because you look at guys like, look at Kyler Murray. Murray. He held out and people crushed him for it, and but he got paid, and then he ended up blowing his knee out. So, you know, it's it stinks for him, unfortunately. But to, to your question, I, I mean, a twelve to twelve and a half million dollar deal, 
I think those are few and far between moving forward. And I, maybe Jonathan Taylor's looking for that. But I think that's a great number that he should have been looking at as far as trying to get something done. Look, I mean, there's a guy, Dalvin Cook, you know, got cut. And if, if we're all our cards on the table, look, Jonathan Taylor's had more productive years in the shorter amount of time, but Dalvin Cook has played longer and has produced more. I, I mean, and, and I don't know. He didn't get that kind of deal. He didn't even get a one-year deal up to that much. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just the running back market, man. It's until somebody that's gotten paid wins a Super Bowl, it's just not going to happen anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it, it's a it's a tough look in that in that running back room. But uh, Big B, we're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. We're going to talk more Chris Jones. Let's talk. Let's dig into Chris Jones before we get into uh, the blind note at the end of the show. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit more holdouts, a little bit more negotiations coming up on Outside the Trade. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll go back into Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream and our friends over at uh, Holiday Distillery up in Western Missouri. A great place to go to, especially this time of the year as the leaves are starting to turn, starting to get a little fall weather. You're starting to get the cooler weather. Go up there to Western Missouri for a little weekend getaway. Great place uh, to go have, enjoy some nice drinks, enjoy some nice live music, things that they got going on out there at the distillery. It's a great time. You can get some great cocktails that they make there, too. Uh, with that Five Farms Irish Cream. But 
Big B, as I mentioned before, as I teased before the break, as like a real true professional, let's talk Chris Young. I okay. think that there's a lot going on there now that we see the Chiefs put him on the reserve slash did not report list. Yeah. Um, and, and that is a clear sign, I think, by the Chiefs that they don't expect him to come back for week one. I, I think that, it's, speaking for Chiefs Kingdom or Chiefs Twitter, the Chiefs streets, right? Uh, I think that a lot of people did anticipate this to kind of be like uh, uh, trying to call Chris Jones bluff in this regard, right? Uh, they thought that this was a buff. He'd be back by week one. He wants to play football. He wants to play for the Chiefs. They'll be back. It'll be fine. Uh, if he doesn't get a long-term contract, no big deal. He's under contract for week one. He'll play. Now it's starting to seem very real that Chris Jones is saying, all right, start of the football season, all eyes on Arrowhead Stadium, packed house, banner-raising ceremony. I'm willing not to be there. Uh, are the alarm bells going off for you in terms of uh, you know, earlier he threatened that he would miss out until week eight. Are those alarm bells going off of like, okay, he's serious about this holdout and this Chiefs defense without him could be a little shaky. Yeah, I, I think they have to be going off at this point because he, first of all, he's missed a ton of practice time, you know, and, and, and you can say, hey, he's an all pro, you know, he doesn't necessarily need practice time. He's a veteran. He's 29 years old, but you have to get yourself in foot ball shape and football shape means you get beat banged around fall on the ground and then you get up that hey I'm going and I'm running 25 miles a day and all that kind of stuff all that's fine but that is not football shape football shape is I got a punch have another guy that's just my size push it against me get knocked to the ground get up change direction and then be able to do it again in another 40 seconds so he he's not in that type of football shape yet to do that, even if he came back today. But the bottom line is, I mean, he's going to be out. I think this is going to go into the season a little bit. Uh, I, I I said last year, I, or not last year, last week, I don't agree with it on his part, just from a money-making standpoint alone. I get it on his part. I'm trying to make as much money as possible. But if you're really trying to do that, then you play the season and then you just move on and go get your money elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I go the next year. I go, but, and it's got to be something in that realm of being the truth because he's saying, well, I can afford to lose all these games. Well, if you can afford to, or, and miss all that money, if that's what you're really saying, well, then can't you afford to just play out the season and go get you a new contract next year? Right. So what's this really about then? That, that, at this mm -hmm. point, it's got to be, what is this really about? It's a very interesting scenario because I kind of think that a lot of Chiefs Kingdom thought that this was not going to happen. That like right. a, a holdout, the holdout from training camp really put a wrench in a lot of things. Um, and I, even from when when Andy Reid has taken the podium, I think he expected him to report. I think everybody kind of expected him to report. I wonder if he's the advice that he's getting. If he's, I'm sure he's following advice he's getting, or if it's not very good advice. Who knows? But I don't know. I, I remember when he was working out with um, Le'Veon Bell back in back in the day when Le'Veon Bell was doing his workout stuff. That he said that if he ever was in this situation, he'd hold out until week eight. We'll see if he's up to it. I, I think that there's going to be some games missed now. Uh, which, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the off season, I would have thought that you were crazy. But now we're we're seeing this this kind of all play out. That's 
getting kind of ugly. But I think the biggest leverage that Chris Jones has at this point, because you mentioned it, the Chiefs have a lot of leverage right now, truthfully. Yeah. You talk about the the contract, the money. Like, there's such a big gap between between DT1 and DT2 in terms of uh, approximate value per year and how much money they're making a year. There's so much room right there. So the Chiefs are probably saying, like, hey, you can, we can slot you in at 28, 27. Chris Jones is saying, hey, I want to be at 30. That's a big gap. Like, that's a big jump there. His age plays into it as well. So when you start talking about all those things contract-wise and financially, the Chiefs have a lot of leverage. But the biggest leverage piece that Chris Jones has is, I'm the linchpin to that defense. And if I don't, right. you're going to see that very quickly. And I think if you see the inverse of that, right, if Chris Jones doesn't play, and if you see the Chiefs defense perform well without Chris Jones, people are going to start to turn on Chris Jones a lot quicker uh, then they jumped on the bandwagon for Chris Jones. So that's kind of the, the game he's playing. And I think that's really his only leverage point of like, hey, I'm the guy in this defense. No one's questioning that. I think everyone knows that in the organization and everywhere. Right. I'm the guy here. Uh, so you should pay me like I'm the guy here. Uh, and you'll see without me, this defense could fall apart. It's interesting. We talk about the Chiefs roster and, and kind of how they constructed it. They tipped six linebackers um, instead. And, and, Lots of different things we could talk about with six linebackers and everything like right. that. Uh, making a trade for Neil Farrell, as I mentioned earlier, with a six-round pick uh, for a guy that the Raiders were probably going to cut. Uh, apparently, they found him as, uh, as a valuable add to this team. Not necessarily a Chris Jones type. He's more of like a one-tech. So, like, the Chiefs have a lot of one-techs, and Chris Jones is really the only true three-tech that they have, a pass-rushing effective three-tech. Uh, Turk Warden is a situational pass-rusher from terms from the three-tech, but I think that's the biggest thing that Chris Jones is latching onto right now is that like, hey, you guys are about to see this defense and how this defense looks without me. And are you guys okay with how this defense looks without me? Yeah. I mean, it's a great, great point. And I think that has everything kind of to do with this, Tucker. You brought up a point as far as Chiefs playing good without him. Well, here's another thing to keep in mind, Chiefs fans. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl four years ago with a bad defense that Chris right. Jones was on. So I, I get the leverage about it not looking good and, and you know, him not being there and them not looking good without him. I understand that part. But if, she, if he's not out there and the Chiefs can still win football games, I mean, I'm just saying there's a line in the sand that I think the Chiefs have drawn and said, look, we're not budget. This is it. Either you can take it or don't take it. And if you don't, okay, great. But it's like I said, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl a few years back, and their defense was not good. It got better as the season went on, but their seat, their defense wasn't good, and they still won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So if that's what they're banking on, or if that's what Chris Jones is banking on, I, I, I don't know if I would do that. I just don't know. First of all, I wouldn't because you're giving up way too much money. That's silly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but at the same time, the Chiefs are a really good football team. And the back end of that defense is going to be better. It's going to be better. That's what people don't get. It's going to be better. He helps. He helps tremendously. But I just, I think the Chiefs, I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to be just fine. Don't get me wrong, because he's a huge part of what they do. But I don't think they're going to be as bad as what everybody thinks either. Yeah. And that's where, when I bring up the fact about, you know, when Jonathan Taylor, I think both sides are right. I also think both sides in this situation are right as well. It makes sense for the Chiefs not to want to want to pay a, a 
defensive tackle, thirty plus million dollars, who's twenty nine years old. Like that, that financially makes like doesn't from a team sense. building perspective, that doesn't make sense. I get that, I understand that, and I also understand that Chris Jones is a dynamic player and is a dynamic defensive player and was the best interior rusher in the NFL last year, and that was with a year where Aaron Donald was playing. So I mean, right. Chris Jones played outstandingly well. He deserves money, and l- listen, I hope that he does get his money right. He he can make more money elsewhere than he can with the Chiefs. That's just that's just correct. Simply put, right now. Um, but when you look at that defensive line, uh, you know, you talk about your ends of like Carl Loftus, Felix Anudike Uzoma, uh, with uh, Mike Dana, Malik Herring, and BJ Thompson. They keep five defensive ends. Uh, and you t- talk about the D tackles Derek Nottie, Keandre Coburn, Tershawn Warden, Matt Dickerson, and Neil Farrell, as I mentioned. So you're looking at a lot of guys that are, yeah, maybe, maybe they run a little bit heavier of a person. I don't know. I, they kept more linebackers, so I think maybe put the tinfoil hat on. Maybe they run three more three down sets to keep less, to put less uh, D tackles on the field. And since they have more linebackers, maybe they feel more comfortable with like a maybe a three three five nickel since that back end is so good. Right. There's a lot of things that they can do there, and, and I think Steve Spagnuolo will obviously figure that out. And Steve Spagnuolo knows what he's going into this this uh, early on in the season. But uh, yeah, the Chiefs putting Chris Jones on the reserve slash did not report list. Made it very real uh, yeah. now that it seems like that, you know, I think their first practice might be uh, Thursday or I can't remember when their first practice is. He could report by then, right? And everything will be done. Find hunky dory dandy. And we just act like this didn't happen. But he could wait, sit out until week eight, lose $9 million, which counterproductive, truthfully. Counterproductive. Um, <laughs> it is incredibly counterproductive. Uh, as we see the situation go on. But uh, Bigby, before we hit another break, I want to talk about the situation in terms of regards to the Nick Bosa holdout. Um, I don't know how much these two correlate with each other. I know people have tried to connect some dots with them. Uh, I want to know your thoughts on on the on the correlation between the two, because I think they're seeking, I think Bosa's seeking a little more money than he is, but it's a different situation with Bosa coming off of a rookie deal. Yeah, totally different situation. Uh, different positions because defensive ends for right or wrong command more. Yep. Um, also, they're not paying a quarterback in San Francisco. That's true. So that's another thing to to keep in mind is that they don't they don't even have. I mean, Sam Darnold's not making any money. You mean so they got rid of you know Trey Lance and they had their starter was literally the last pick in the draft. So all the money the the majority of the money that he's making is all these incentives that are thrown in on his contract that they never thought he was ever going to hit. But, you know, but at the same time, they are not paying a quarterback. So San Francisco's got the money to do it. And it's not that they're not paying a quarterback this year. They got several years before they have to go and pay a quarterback. So I don't know what they're doing unless he's just asking for $160 million guaranteed, something like that, which I get it, but... I think the next highest is like 102 for a player. Mm-hmm. And you can't go from 102 to 160. You know, they, it's just not, they're not, nobody's going to do that unless it's Cleveland Browns. Uh, but nobody else is going to do anything crazy like that. So uh, I don't think they they are the same. And, and you mentioned it, Tucker, at the very beginning. Coming off a rookie deal and coming off a second contract are totally different things. Yeah. Totally different. It is, it is a different piece. I'm pulling up spot track right now. Uh, that's the source I like to go to. I know some people like over the cap 
uh, in terms of the contract stuff. All of this is now. Now I should say this: that like all of this is like approximates. Like we don't know actually the, the full numbers and everything like that. Uh, just to uh, kind of preface what I'm about to say, but looking at the defensive end market right now, about the defensive line. Looking at the defensive end market in terms of uh, let's go guaranteed cash. If I can get that total guarantees, Miles Garrett has a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollars in total guarantees, um, which is wow, significantly more than Max Crosby. He only has fifty-three million guaranteed. Only I should say. Um, right. So these guys are commanding a lot of money. Miles Garrett's making twenty-five a year. Uh, Max Crosby's making twenty-three. I I think Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, both of those guys will command thirty. Um, I think you can comfortably say that they're gonna they're gonna command at least thirty million dollars a year in terms of that. And you talk about probably another three to five years, so three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, a hundred and eighty million. How much of that is guaranteed is still probably will be close to that a hundred million dollar mark that Miles Garrett has. Um, but contracts man, so interesting. It is right. so wildly interesting how these teams will structure these contracts. I'm sure there'll be void years on some of them. I'm sure some years won't count against the cap and they'll backload them. And the cap's not, I, I, I always say this as a joke, but like the cap's not real because teams can do so much to manipulate that cap space cap. and get guys underneath the cap. Um, it's, it's really interesting, but all right, big B I've got to tell you, speaking of, speaking of money, speaking of cash, speaking of all that stuff, I got to tell you about our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook and college football fans. Are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast, and the only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at draft or at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. All right, baby, let's get into the favorite segment, the people's favorite segment. Let's do blind nail. Now, it's we've got to pull one out for Nick. Nick's not here. We've got to pull, pull one out for him. <laughs> um, but in that spirit, I'll go first because I, okay. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear your answer. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of great venues, a lot of great sporting events, a lot of great places to take in sporting games, mm-hmm. whether that's football, baseball, basketball, soccer. Great arenas all over the place. Great venues. I want to know what's your holy grail sporting event at an arena. So the arena you want to see it at and what event you want to see it, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Well, um, for basketball, I know everybody's going to say this, but I was able to experience it this past December was Market Square Arena. Mm. Um, Or, I'm sorry, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's Market Square Arena. Madison Square Garden in New York City. Uh, and it had nothing to do with the Knicks because I can't stand the Knicks. But um, it was just crazy nostalgia walking in there, walking just on the, the concourse before you even get into the arena. They have all these posters of all the events that have happened there. 
you know, a guy from Louisville, I'm from Louisville. The first thing that I see, I walk in there is the big picture of Muhammad Ali fighting Joe mm-hmm. Frazier and, you know, in 1971. And I'm like, you know what? This is beyond cool, beyond cool. So for me, for basketball, that's what it would be. Yeah. Um, baseball, Wrigley Field. Uh, I know some people say Fenway Park. To me, it's Wrigley Field. Um, it Chicago. Uh, and, and I know Fenway and, and Wrigley, they're both old as dirt. Uh, but I, I just would prefer Wrigley Field. Because even when they're bad, that place is packed. Boston right. fans a little bit more finicky. If they're not any good, people won't show up. For the right. Cubs, it doesn't matter. If they're bad, people are still going just so they can say they went to a game. So... Um, for baseball, that would be for football. I don't know, man. Mm. There's a lot of good football stadiums, like from college to pros. There's a ton of them. Right. And I was going to incorporate college with this because to me, a lot of the college venues are better than the pro venues. For sure. Um, well, man, that is a tough question. I would guess, hmm, you know, a place that I haven't gone. Or I've I've seen it, but I never played there. But you know, you hear old Keith Jackson talking about it, the Rose Bowl. Oh yeah, I, I never got to. I mean, I never had the opportunity to play in the Rose Bowl. But you know, the granddaddy of them all used to say it, the Rose Bowl. And the Rose Bowl is a lot older than what people think. Yeah, uh, it is a pretty old place. But if you ever drive to it or see it, and and we got the opportunity to do that a few years back, I mean, it's right in the middle of a super nice neighborhood and a park. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't look old. But it, I mean, it's old as dirt. But it is super nice. That would be for me. That would be my nostalgia three places. Mm. So you want to see a, you want to see a Rose Bowl game at the Rose Bowl? Absolutely. Yeah, I would want to see a Rose Bowl game at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the the just the, all the pageantry leading up to the Rose Bowl game too, like that experience. Yeah, just like the 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 parade of roses leading up to the game, which the game is always it's going to be weird now with the Pac-12 d- dissolving. But well, right. how they're going to do that with with the with the Big Ten basically taking over the Big Twelve, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, the the Rose Bowl is one of those ones. I've also heard that like Texas has a really good atmosphere. But one of the things that I really wanted to go to is the Cotton Bowl. Um, yeah, to to go go down there, see that for a Red River rivalry. Who knows if like if, I'm sure they're going to do it more, right? Uh, with it being in the SEC, but it's not going to be the same as it is. Uh, at least I don't think so. Who knows? It probably will be. Um, but I think just the Red River rivalry down in the Cotton Bowl. That's one of those college yeah. football venues that I really want to see. But you, you mentioned it. Like the college venues are are so good. Like they know, are. You you can throw it you can throw a dart at a map and find a good college venue essentially yep. uh, when you when you talk about it, you talk about uh, Virginia Tech they've got some really good traditions mm-hmm. over there uh, South Carolina's got Sandstorm that really good tradition uh, that they've got down, down there and even staying in South Carolina Clemson's got some really good stuff that they got going on uh, so I mean I, I think it's I think it's really interesting when you when you start to talk about uh, all of these venues and everything about like Lambeau Field is one of the ones in the NFL that I think it would be really cool a, a December game in Lambeau. Yeah, the the one that I would want to I wanted to actually be football weather. Yeah, uh, I've never haven't been to Fenway Park, but Fenway Park is one of the ones that I want to want to hit up on on my quest to try to get to all those stadiums. But uh, that game, I think that also has to be kind of like a, I, I wanted to be like a playoff series with like Yankees 
and uh, the Red Sox, yeah, Yankees, Red oh, yeah. Sox in Fenway would probably be one of the ones that like that would be a really great one. Um, yeah, what which one? Am I? Oh, basketball. I think it's hard to top Madison Square Garden. I yeah. think uh, Staples Center would be the other one. I guess it's like Crypto.com Arena now, but right. Staples Center would be the other one that, that would be uh, pretty pretty cool to see. But I think Madison Square Garden, like that's the mecca. Like, that's what you when you're talking about venues and you're talking about when where things are happening from, you know. From so- from boxing to wrestling to anything like Madison Square Garden is that arena that everyone turns to. But yeah, great answers. Nice. Great answers. Very nice, man. That was a great question, by the way. Thank great you. question. Thank you. What do you got for me? Um, mine isn't. Um, it was more kind of a fun. It, it has to deal with college. Okay. Uh, and I, again, I have trouble coming up with these, so I have my wife always help. Okay. <laughs> so. She liked it, and I was favorite. Or first off, college mascot. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer the live mascot or the regular mascot? And what is your favorite? That's a really good one. I do like the live mascots, like Uga, uh, Mike the Tiger down at LSU. Those are always fun. I think SMU has like a pony that they run out there, which they is do. kind of funny because I think last year it defecated on the field, and it took a long time for them to clean it up. Uh, I love watching that game. Uh, so I always love it when things like that happen. You know, Oklahoma's got like the boomer sooner that they run around. That's pretty cool. Uh, the Buffalo having an actual Buffalo is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then, uh, but I do like those. Uh, I, I do also love a good, just an obscure mascot. Just just one that it, it doesn't like big red from uh, from Western Kentucky. It doesn't oh, really yeah. make a whole lot of sense, but I love it. Uh, just kind of like a gritty, you know, gritty doesn't really make it a whole lot of sense, but, but he's there. The Philly fanatics have the kind of the same way. Uh, but I think, I think I love a good, a good live mascot, I think is, is kind of what I, what I like to lean, but I do love just like nonsense in terms of, uh, of like costumed people. Um, I love a good, just nonsense mascot. Yeah. I was the same way. I like a good live mascot. Look, I remember playing at Colorado. You know, you see it on years for TV. You see Ralphie running around. Well, you don't really realize because they don't show it on TV. The visiting team is coming out. The trailer that he is running full speed into is literally right next to where you're standing. And he comes running, and I'm like, are they going to turn this thing? And then I'm thinking... You know what? If he doesn't want to turn, he's yeah, not going exactly. to. And there's nothing that these guys, I mean, you see some of those guys falling down, trying to run with them. There's nothing that they can do to stop him if he doesn't want to turn and run into this trailer. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, that to me was cool. Um, I definitely am a, I'm partial, obviously, to Uga. I mean, we have bulldogs in our house. Oh, yeah. So um, I love a live mascot. Love a live mask. I absolutely prefer it over everything. And my favorite, obviously, is Uga. Now, I mean, my wife, she's a quasi Georgia fan just because of that. You know, I've had to <laughs> slap her hand a little bit. I'm like, what are we doing here? But, <laughs> but other than that, and, and you know, seeing, like I said, seeing Ralphie, uh, Mike Tiger at LSU. Uh, I do remember when I was a kid. Uh, this is a wild story. I was a kid going to a University of Louisville game. They were terrible. Terrible. That was back when, you know, you could go to Burger King and they were handing out tickets to go to the game. Just go in there, get your Whopper, here's a free ticket. And so we went to the game. 
They were playing against Houston. And now Houston was pretty good at the time, but they actually had a cougar that was out that one person was holding with a chain. <laughs> and I remember my dad was like, yeah, no, because usually you could go down on the field yeah. everywhere because they just wanted you to come to the game. My dad said, yeah, no, we're not going down there. He goes, because anytime that thing wants to get loose, that chain is not going to be able to hold what that cougar is trying to do. And I'm like, wow. And I sit back and I think about it and I'm like, had a live cougar out there. And I'm like, that would never happen today. That's insane. Because <laughs> all you can think about is them running up and it's running up into the crowd, grabbing some kid and taking off. I'm like, okay, that's, that's interesting. I'm like, so yeah, wild story, man. Just unbelievable. That's something that's just in my head that's been there for, oh, yeah. and I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe they actually bought a real cougar and just, just had a, a, a kid with a chain. That, that was it. That was, wasn't in a cage or anything. Yeah. Just walking around. I'm like, wow, this is nuts. Some college kid, too. Somebody oh, yeah. Oh, probably, yeah. Not, probably pretty irresponsible. Just trying to, you're like, hey, you're on cougar duty today. We'll give you 20 uh, bucks. And he thought it was something else. When they asked him to be on Cougar. <laughs> said, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but that's a crazy story. I do love a good live mascot. It just adds to like the atmosphere. Again, talking about the atmospheres with college sports, I think that adds to it. Man, that's uh, why I love the Chiefs game so much because that is about as close as you are going yeah. to get to a college atmosphere is Arrowhead Stadium. Hmm. I know everybody says that, but it's, it's the truth. It's just the truth. I think it goes back to, you know, the fans, the tailgating. Um, like, just then you see that a lot in the college space. You don't see it a whole lot when you go to like East Rutherford, New Jersey. You know, Correct. Tailgate guy, <laughs> tailgating out there. SoFi, I don't even think will allow you to tailgate at it now. The new right. stadium out in LA. So I mean, you you get that and you get that vibe with the Chiefs. But uh, Big B, appreciate you coming on today's show. Appreciate yeah, you man. you talking with me. And, and as we went with Nick, oh, a man down with Nick, uh, we we got through it. Glad that we did. But next week we'll be back uh, with a full. Full squad will be back after the Chiefs game. We'll talk about the Chiefs game, the season opening game of the season for the NFL. It's going to be a big event. Lots of eyes will be on it. They will more than likely be without Chris Jones. But what we'll mainly focus on next week, uh, we will uh, be previewing that week one slate uh, for you guys prior to the start of football season. Sunday is almost here. Uh, We're about there to just be able to sit back, relax, and watch football on Sundays. I cannot wait. Uh, For Brian Hanley and Big B Brian Hanley, I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll be back with you next week for another edition of Outside the Trenches. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.